listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, Hi, ho It's time for another Jeep Talk Show episode, and uh, you got off easy last episode. I was uh, giving you a break, saying thank you and how much uh, warm and fuzzy can you be, but not this episode. We need your help. We desperately need your help. We want 2022 to be a big year for the Jeep Talk Show, and at least one person has heard of it whenever you say, yeah, listen to the Jeep Talk Show, or I'm Tony, and I'm a host on the Jeep Talk Show, or, or I'm what? Josh, and I'm on, on the Jeep Talk Show, and people go, really? I've I've never heard of it. I mean, I've never listened to it, but I have heard of it. That's That's what we're shooting for in 2022. It's lofty goals, I know. <laughs> but So we need your help. Let people know about the Jeep Talk Show. Um, and if you can, I, I don't think it's illegal to record audio in a bathroom, a public bathroom, Josh. So if you can just do, uh, maybe record a uh, an audio of you telling somebody in the stall next to you, we can put it on the show and use it regularly. And uh, just to get their, their actual... Uh, stinky response uh in the audio of let them know about the jeep talk show i've got so many ideas <laughs> nikki g is frothing at the brain right now I, seriously because like challenge accepted he does he does like you you know you make us you make a suggestion he's like hey how can i make this work you know i'm pretty bored at work it's it's 3 a.m <laughs> Hey, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. We love dirty feet here. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or or a daily driver that is also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the Jeep Talk Show at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey Jeeper, I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be talking about Jeep's response to the controversial IIHS crash test results. We also hear about how to fast charge your e-Jeep, and later, we're going to continue our deep dive into speaker education. Oh, I was thinking it was like public speaking uh, there for, 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 for a minute, but I re- just remembered the uh, the prior week's episode. The, the non-crackling speakers, which were always yeah. a very good thing. Hey, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama. On this episode of Jeep Life with Jeep Mama, I finish up my top 20, oops, my top 10, sorry, Tony, top 10 must-see small towns in America. Hi, I'm Tony, and this episode, I'm going to be interviewing Derek Manchester from rockrashoffroad.com. I got it right this week, Josh. Not, yeah, you did. Not road rash, but rock no. rash, offroad.com. I probably should do, I wonder if roadrash.com is uh, is registered. Maybe I should get that just because I screwed it up last week. Just because. <laughs> just because. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, in episode 554, I talked about the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety crash test results for the Jeep Wrangler and how the driver's side small overlap crash test, well, the Jeep flopped onto its side. Not once, but twice. This caused the IIHS to downgrade the Jeep safety rating rank in that category from good to marginal. The IIHS notes that the marginal rating only applies to the four-door Wrangler from model years 2018 to 2021, And the 2022 Wrangler apparently consists of changes that may help it do better. A crash test of that model is apparently upcoming. When Jeep was contacted about whether or not the 2022 Wrangler consists of any relevant safety enhancements, and to explain the tip over, the automaker explained in a press release that, quote, In keeping with our corporate strategy of continuous vehicle improvements, the 2022 Jeep Wrangler is benefiting accordingly. The new Wrangler has yet to be tested by IAHS, but no single test is a determinant of vehicle safety. We routinely monitor third-party evaluations and factor them accordingly into our product development process. We design our vehicles using real-world data, consistently strong consumer demand, and industry-leading residual values demonstrate that the Wrangler meets or exceeds customer expectations. In other words, Jeep owners know what they're buying and what that means. Jeep has produced more than 873,000 of these vehicles, and by conservative estimate, they account for over 13 billion, that's billion with an M, miles of driving. And from that, 
there has been virtually no real-world duplication of these results. And in fairness to Jeep, the Wrangler did score good ratings in all of the specific driver injury measurements related to this test, while the Bronco was rated as marginal when it comes to driver lower leg and foot injuries. So even though the Wrangler flopped onto its side like a dying cow during the crash test, the driver was unscathed, whereas the Bronco driver sustained lower leg injuries despite the vehicle staying on all four tires. So basically what that means is that a Jeep is still safer on two wheels than a Bronco is on four. The Bronco driver needed their cafe, how is it, cafe latte to stay in the cup. And the Jeep driver, well, it was spilled. So that's that's the reason why the, oh, the lower Jeep rating. The driver said, hold my beer before the test even started. <laughs> <laughs> so this, I haven't studied the data, Josh, but I can predict that they did not put the driver weight in exactly. They probably put in like a standard 170 pounds for the, the, the male, uh, maybe 140 for a female driver in the passenger, I mean, in the driver's seat. Obviously, the uh, uh, actual Jeep owner would be in the 250 to 300 range, and that probably would keep it from flipping on its side. <laughs> well, it's ballast. I side. I side. So, also too, I don't know if you if you recall, and uh, give me a timely reference on this, but the watermelon smashing uh, comedian Gallagher. Gallagher. <laughs> he had a great idea for car safety. It was Nerf cars, or in this case, a Nerf Jeep. And it was an excellent idea. You'd bounce off of pedestrians, other vehicles, everything, except it was a bad idea when it rained because it would just right. get really, oh. really soggy. <laughs> heavy. It's just heavy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as the automotive industry transitions to electrification, there's a need for better and faster charging infrastructure. We actually oh, yeah. had the uh, email us about uh, that very topic here recently. Now, with that in mind, Mopar has just announced that they've developed an at-home wall charger. That means that Jeep Wrangler 4XE owners now have a way to top off much faster than before. Last year, Jeep announced that they were working on off-road charging stations for their new Wrangler 4XE, which seemed odd considering they didn't even have at-home version of these chargers yet. Well, today that has all changed. This new Level 2 240-volt at-home wall charger is available in two different configurations, both wired and plug-in. That means if you just want to buy it, plug it into your outlet, and use it, you can! Both versions can supply up to 32 amps or 7.7 kilowatts of power, which is enough to top off the Wrangler 4XE or the Cherokee 4XE in just over two hours. That's roughly six times faster than a Level 1 charger. For Jeep owners that will provide up to 21 miles of all-electric power, allegedly, without having to use their internal combustion engines, the chargers are available right away. And while Mopar says that they'll start at $599, I've heard there may be a few dealers out there, if you dig hard enough, offering them for as low as $569. The chargers are also Wi-Fi capable, so owners can keep an eye on the state of charge remotely and even start or stop charging from anywhere with a data connection. The chargers are also smart grid optimized, which means they can reduce energy costs by charging at low rate times. Mopar notes that these chargers will be universally functional within the family and can be had with either a Jeep or Chrysler branded faceplates and are backed by a three-year warranty. So, Josh, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to episode 555, our roundtable discussion. Uh, if, if I remember right, it was uh, named Pixie Dust and Unicorn Piss. Uh, great episode to listen to. I'm serious. That was the name. So oh, that, you're not joking. Okay. No, no, no. You have you have to listen. I mean, just the, the first few seconds will get you really chuckling. But anyway, uh, so our, we have a roundtable discussion uh, that we uh, we publish every Wednesday. We record on Tuesday, and you can be part of that uh, roundtable discussion just by joining our Zoom meeting. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and see how to sign up for our newsletter so you can get notifications on that. But we had a, a, a rousing, long conversation about uh, electric vehicles. Uh, Travis is actually uh, considering getting a 4XE because of the uh, cost savings of not only uh, it being electric and not uh, it using that to go back and forth to work, but also to uh, the, the government rebates that uh, they give for the uh, electric vehicles. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and we had uh, Daniel uh, Bowmaster reach out to us after Bowermaster. listening. Bowmaster. Oh, I'd like Bowmaster. It reminds me of the Beastmaster uh, movie. Oh, yeah, right. 
<laughs> no, yeah, no, I saw, but, I saw. But, he, I was, I was alluding to at the, uh, at the at the top of uh, of this story that we, yeah, this guy wrote in, yeah. and and, uh, and he's been working on uh, on electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Well, him and his team has been doing it for decades. I think around thirty years. Him himself has been doing it for I think more than twelve. Yep, exactly. Uh, what you what you wrote in. Uh, and so there's a chance we may be able to get this guy on the phone. Or uh, well, that's what I was going to say. He's actually oh, really? going oh. to join us next uh, next week on the roundtable discussion. We're going nice. to do a little bit of a, a quick, like a few minute, like two three minute, if I can control myself, uh, interview between he and I, and then we're going to open it up to all the Zoom people who have uh, renamed themselves instead of the Zoom people, the Zoom Knights of the roundtable episode. It's it's clever. You're gonna give him that, and uh, he's actually going to do a Q and A with everybody on what he knows about electric vehicles and what they have learned during that, like you said, multi-decade uh, and his twelve years at doing it. So, uh, it very. I mean, it's really cool, and this is something that you guys can do when you write into the show. We certainly read your your emails. And we certainly uh, love getting the voicemail. So if you've been uh, wondering about, hey, should I reach out to the show? Uh, please do. Now, this guy, I think, uh, reached a little bit too far with the skinny pedal, actually. Driving carelessly and at a rate deemed, quote, too fast, a driver crashed his vehicle into a piece of farm equipment and became airborne. Finally coming to rest in a farmer's field. But that's not the whole story. Oh, no. Not on this show. Now, police said that the crash occurred on January 13th, approximately 11 p.m. However, the driver fled the scene and did not file a report. No. Per usual, I know, right? <laughs> the crash was reported the next day around 9.43 a.m. when Farmer John came out to discover the oddities. Prior to losing control of the Jeep, 34-year-old Jared Snyder of Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, was traveling west on Cottoner Road just west of Route 54. Police said he was unable to negotiate a right-hand curve and traveled across the oncoming lanes of travel, off the side of the road, and up an embankment where he struck the equipment, a cultipacker. Now, for those who can't picture what that is, and honestly, I had to look up what a cultipacker is myself, it's one of those <laughs> large metal implements that have dozens of vertical disc-shaped blades or horizontal oh, drums no. with a bunch of vertical tines on them that turn, and they, they cultivate the soil to create a nice, clean, packed and groomed surface of, of the uh, uh, the farmland and are typically drugged behind a very large tractor. Snyder's 2011 Jeep Patriot became airborne after striking this farm equipment, but then it kept going, plowing through a fence and entering a farmer's pasture. But wait, there's more! The vehicle was traveling at such a high rate of speed that once it landed in the pasture, it kept going, traveled up a small hill, and became airborne a second oh, time. Wow! Snyder, the Jeep's driver, fled the scene, failed to contact police, and failed to provide his information to the property owner. I'm sure there was some staining of the shorts in there, too, but they left that out of the report. Snyder was not injured, however. He was uh, wearing his seatbelt, and multiple airbags had deployed in the Jeep. Of course they did. One each time he went airborne, strangely yeah, enough. Right. <laughs> a local towing company retrieved the poor Jeep Patriot, and Snyder was cited with driving, with a, driving a vehicle at unsafe speeds and careless driving. Not drunk? Not, not apparently not. Apparently, alcohol uh, oh. was not a factor. This speed was, though. Oh, you know, this is not something. This farm equipment, the picture that we'll have in the show notes that are, I'm looking at in, in our show notes, this is not something you want to hit with IFS. You need a a, a full front act, a full uh, straight axle on the front of your vehicle. So I, I it am, should have been a Wrangler or, or anything that has straight axle instead of this. I'm wondering if this Patriot had a had a solid axle swap in the front, but. <laughs> But no, <laughs> it kept going. <laughs> it kept going. That's why I'm like, I am blown away that not only did it keep going, but it had enough momentum to carry itself airborne a second time. I mean, that is just remarkable. And the fact that not only this happened, but the driver was able to walk away. <laughs> Good times. So yeah, I I don't know. I'd I'd love to be able to get this guy on the show and 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 get, get him to jump something. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put you in a piece of piece of crap patriot and we're just gonna just aim for that ramp buddy <laughs> that's the worst that's gonna happen you've done this before please take this jeep renegade and uh, go up this ramp it's okay evil can evil's calculated it you'll be fine right 
Well, if you've got a news tip response to any one of our stories, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Be sure to let us know, and you can do it by phone or by email, even. Any number of ways to reach out to us. And if you want to know how to do it, well, all you got to do is head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. Hey, coming up a little bit later in the show, we've got an interview for you. A new one here, this time with Derek Manchester from Rock Rash Off-Road. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, did you know the 4x4 Radio Network has a ton of off-road shows and they're all for free? A ton of great podcasts over there. It's all in one place. The 4x4radionetwork.com is where you got to go. The On the Trail podcast, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast, even the Jeep Talk Show is there. Lots of great off-road shows. It's all for free. It's all in one place. The number four, the letter X, the number four, and radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Now, Josh, I know that you have been doing a multi-part, multi-episode spiel uh, talk on speakers. Uh, Will you be continuing that tonight? Yes, in the next uh, installment of Tech Talk coming up here in just a little bit, we are going to continue our multi-series, uh, multi-part series in uh, in speaker selection. We've been going pretty deep with this over the weeks, and uh, and this episode is going to be uh, n- well more of the same, <laughs> but better. <laughs> Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. Josh. Tony. Just before the recording of this episode, we had somebody go in to the Jeep Talk Show store and purchase a set of 20 Rat Bastard toe tags. Outstanding. Yep. I wonder if it was our last paid subscriber, the gentleman who I gave a shout out to on the, uh, on the last episode, Randy Deshong. Uh, uh, who, uh, it was not. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, screw you, Randy. Uh, if you're not going to buy our no, toe no, tags. I'm sure Randy I'm is planning I'm, on doing that. I'm <laughs> No, really. Cool, he had such though. nice I, things to say about you, though. I just, you know, I just don't know. It's just, it's just really sad to hear you say that. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad that somebody out there has become a new infectious agent, Tony, yes. uh, and and is taking it upon themselves to help spread the word and and the uh, the infectious disease of the Jeep Talk Show. It's kind of like that whole ducking thing that you've uh, you've heard other people out there doing to other Jeeps and stuff, but it's. I don't know it's it's much better. It's different because we're the podcast with the oh, fat the ducks are nice. They're a cute type thing, but uh, they're we're cute the podcast with we the bad not. attitude. <laughs> and with that bad attitude, we want you to infect <laughs> strangers' jeeps and put toe tags on those jeeps and just freak them out, man. <laughs> so go over to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the little store uh word the store click on that and uh it's, it's eight bucks eight bucks for uh 20 toe tags and we'll you tell you how more on that and lunch yes, last week yes. so, come well we're trying to keep the price down to the cost that it requires to ship them out and to print these things so uh it, it, it's really oh, yeah, low we've been doing this for over 10 years why start making money now i know i know well you know but anyway uh and then we'll actually tell you how you can order the rats that you need for these things uh straight from amazon uh and you'll have an equal number of rats and toe tags and boy you'll be set and it, it's just so funny you got to get some pictures you got to get some videos you got to get some reactions from folks because uh everybody that this has been done to thinks it is hilarious and they love it uh, I think if we got enough people doing this, uh, you would see an equal number of ducking and ratting, if you will, infecting pictures on uh, the, so- the social media, which I think is, would be just oh, who hilarious. Knows? You could become uh, the next viral video sensation. And if the police are involved, we want details. All the better. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do anything illegal. I'm just joking about the police involvement. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I've got a few things to say about the Jeep ZJ that was stuck in a river in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a few reasons why they had to hoist it out with a crane instead of just driving it out. Number one, it's been running for about 20 minutes, so it was probably out of gas. Number two, it didn't have the right amount of lift for the tires it had. 
Yeah, I know. That one wasn't that good. Number three. It was running for about 20 minutes. So the crank position sensor was probably at the end of its lifespan. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that my boss said he's going to fire the employee with the worst posture. Yeah, I got a hunch it's me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. And you have a good one. Bye. Nothing like a good osteoporosis joke in the the show. (laughs) Go with scoliosis. That'll work. Scoliosis. Yeah, that's a good one. That's uh, not gender specific, too. (laughs) You got tech questions? What do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Now, Josh, I've seen a few tweeters in my life, and that's kind of a normally small tweeter that that I'm just going to tell you. I know. <laughs> this is a judgment-free zone, Tony. I thought we were <laughs> talked about this. Now, in episode 548, we began a new series, all focused on selecting the right speaker for your Jeep. But since all Jeep models are different and everybody has different ears, I felt that you deserve more than just a list of Jeeps and what speakers will fit. In the last Tech Talk, I left you with an in-depth knowledge of uh, the more high-end choice for speaker replacement. Component speakers. What they are how they work, and some considerations you need to think about when choosing to go that route. We also looked at size, and exactly what differences come into play when comparing two sizes of speakers. We left off with a comparison of a a 5.25 inch speaker and a a 6.5 inch speaker, and how their differences are the same almost to the number between the performance of a 31 inch tire versus a 35 inch tire, to put things into perspective. In this episode, we're going to apply the same principle to two different tweeters now. Tweeters are generally any speaker less than two inches in diameter. Hardly anything at all, really. But their differences can be just as huge as our tire analogy, but in a different way. Now, if you're comparing two different sets of component speakers and one set has a one-inch silk dome tweeter and the other has a half-inch silk dome tweeter, well, that larger tweeter will also sound better. It will blend better with the sound of the woofer. And together, the two speakers will deliver a more rich, full sound. Now, when we're, since we're talking about tweeters, and let's face it, all aftermarket speakers will have some kind of a tweeter, let's look at some of the different types of materials used to make tweeters and how they sound. And trust me, there's a big difference here. There's several common types of materials used, and they all have a different and distinct frequency characteristic to them. For instance, silk or cloth tweeters will generally sound warm and musical, while ceramic or metallic tweeters will typically sound brighter, more crisp and precise. This is important because of the music you listen to the most at higher volumes. So let's say you're into stuff like jazz, classical, hip-hop, folk, or electronica even. You would likely be drawn to the sound of the soft dome tweeters. Now, maybe you're into blues, rock, metal, punk, country, or even reggae for that, for that matter. Well, then you may find the hard dome tweeters more to your liking. But remember, everybody's ear is different. So even though a silk dome tweeter may not be able to produce the subtle nuances you hear in the timber of a steel drum or the twang of a banjo, your ear may find it easier to listen to. You don't want to suffer listening fatigue in your own Jeep on a road trip, and if your ears are being forced to listen to music that isn't tonally correct for your ears or your listening style, well, those ear holes are going to be getting tired of hearing over a short period of time. It's a real thing. Look it up. Now, the same sort of differences that we saw in the different types of tweeters can also be applied in, or can be found in woofers and even subwoofers. Although the materials in these are well, far less elegant than silk or ceramic that you would find in tweeters. You're going to see things as simple as paper or as universal as a simple plastic. You may even see something like poly, uh, polypropylene, yeah, easy for me to say, even flax in some of the more exotic options. I've even seen hand-woven carbon fiber speaker cones before. Sounded incredible, too. But the cone isn't the only thing critical to a speaker's sound. The surround of the speaker is also a big part of it. Now, think of the surround of a speaker like the suspension system on a Jeep. Much like the springs hold up a Jeep over the axles, the surround's job is to suspend that cone over the magnet and voice coil, anchoring it to the basket or the frame of the speaker and allowing the cone to move freely, thus creating music. The materials the surround is made of is just as critical as anything else, so you'll see stuff as cheap as foam, and this is typically much like the stuff that disintegrated over time on the speakers in the back deck of your sister's 1999 Toyota Corolla. 
but most of the good aftermarket speakers will use materials like isobutyl rubber or a treated cloth even that lasts for many years under even the harshest of automotive conditions. Okay, now that we've covered how to find the right speaker size, what that size means, and what the materials that speaker is made of mean to its sound quality, well, we're going to get into that sound in a little bit more detail on the very next Tech Talk as we bring all of this together and close all of this up with something called frequency response. Oh, I don't want it to end. This is all good information. This is a lot more information than I've ever had about speakers. Yeah, I told you guys at the top of all this when we started this in episode 548 that we're going to go deep. And by the end of all of this, you're going to have a much, much better understanding of speakers and how they work and exactly what it is, uh, you know, what a speaker is and, and what it means when you're hearing it. And, and the t- different types of speakers and what that all means to you as a listener and, of course, a buyer. You know, it's a shame that uh, the driver of, uh, of the vehicle, Jeep in this case, uh, can't wear um, uh, both uh, headphones that cover both ears because uh, with a, just a like an intercom system where you could share uh, speakers or headphones with multiple people in the Jeep, uh, you could have a, a really good audio system for a, a much uh, less uh, expense and trouble. Uh, you just plug it in and you know put the headphones on and, and listen. And if you had mics, you could talk to each other at the same time. It's, uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of like an airplane type thing. If you've uh, flown in a small aircraft, you, uh, you learn this because it's, it's so noisy. Uh, yeah. and, but, but headphones would give you such great audio uh, and right at your head. So you wouldn't have to worry about all that uh, uh, air inside of the Jeep, just the air between the, uh, the speaker and your ear, your ear, ear yeah. hole. Tony, when we were uh, at Hidden Falls Adventure Park in uh, uh, in uh, Marble Falls, Texas, back in September of uh, 2020, or uh, t- sorry, 2021, um, there was a group of truggies uh, that were uh, coming in as we were going out on the on the last day that we were wheeling there. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but they all had those sort of headset communication systems. There was a group of oh, three or four did not these notice vehicles, um, and each and every one of them, uh, the driver and the passengers, all had headsets. And, and, and so it was, it was kind of like, I mean, it was like race tech, I mean, essentially, you know, uh, and that, that kind of stuff. But your, your analogy to something like a small plane or a helicopter, uh, the aviation headsets and stuff like that, it reminded me of that. I was like, wait a minute, I just saw something very similar to that recently. <laughs> and oh, that's right. That's where it was. So yeah, you're kind of jogged my memory there and, and, and stuff. And it's, it's, um, they all had, I think, single ear headphones. They're kind of like yeah. the headsets you see on the sidelines at a football game where the coaches are wearing them. You know, I got a big headphone on one side and a boom mic that comes down in front of your face. And, uh, and then the other ear is open to hear what's going on around you, the engine and, you know, that sort of thing. Warning sounds, all that stuff. Well, it's great for communication. I mean, for GMRS or even CB. Uh, but uh, I think that you would, it, you would be the ultimate wheeler. If you and any occupant inside your your truggy had a set of David Clarks on, <laughs> and you were you know because you can cover both ears if you're off road, it's just the on road right. type thing. Oh, you know it's dawned on me with the UConnect thing where you get uh, uh, warned about upcoming uh, ambulances or, or whatever. Maybe you can cover your ears now because oh right yeah you, don't need, warn it. <laughs> you know they had to do that uh, rumbler thing uh, because people had their. Uh, uh, stereo system on so loud they couldn't hear the ambulances anyway. Yep, I don't yeah. think David I don't Clark. Think David, David Clark's, but they're they're knockoffs. Uh, they're uh, so Josh is actually showing me on the, uh, the the Skype video that you guys can't see the the David Clark's, but you can look up David Clark's. Uh, but you know that's a substantial boom on that thing. That's that's it really is. That's I mean, these are, the, the six hundred dollars that you have to pay for those, and that was nineteen eighty <laughs> prices. So, <laughs> and these are straight out of nineteen eighty two. But oh, you yeah. judge by the the split pea soup green of the. Uh, uh, of the uh, the cans and the and the boom, uh, it's, it's Mike, like all the, that. it's like the expensive shoes, the women's shoes with the red on the bottom. I forget which ones those are now, but you know the high heels and the the whole bottom of the shoe is this bright red, which just just really stands out. But it immediately identifies the brand and the status of it, and I think that's why you see the that, well, that weird green on there. Is, oh, is the yeah? You know, oh, that's a David Clark. He really knows how to pilot. <laughs> I was going to say, a- aviation communications, I know exactly what you're talking about. High heel <laughs> shoes? Yeah, I not know. Not so much. Same here. I just know it, it's just my favorite color. It's got the red on the bottom, but it really stands out and it doesn't really seem to fit whatever the color of the shoe is. Uh, anyway, we th- 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 I'll take this moment to announce a new fashion segment that the Jeep Talk Show is going to be <laughs> spearheading. <laughs>
Too funny. Well, as far as segments go, if you have anything to add to this segment, or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, please just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. That's our website. That's our page where you get all of our information and find out how to reach out to us. Well, you can use that, find out how to send a, a direct message to me. And who knows, maybe your next suggestion will end up on the next Tech Talk. In episode 442, we spoke with Sean P. Holman of Motor Tram. I've raced in the Baja 1000. I've been all over the world testing everything from you know Range Rovers to uh, to Ford trucks, everything in between. Just it's it's been an amazing journey. Sean just bought a new JL, but was it the right color? In gray, it, red was in the running. I just, and I told this to Mark Allen. I said, bring back flame red. Yes. Firecracker is just a little too orangey for me. It, your, your argument is it wasn't red enough. 100% support that. <laughs> the Jeep Talk Show has well over 400 past episodes for your entertainment that was a good interview you guys go back over and listen 550 to now since that <laughs> that promo was made yep from around the world or from your city and sometimes just down the street howdy neighbor it's the jeep talk show interview Alrighty, ho, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. Tonight, we're going to be talking with Derek. Derek has owned Rock Rash Off-Road for seven years. Rock Rash specializes in aftermarket LED for all Jeep Wrangler owners. Headlights, taillights, fog lights, rock lights, whips, and general off-road lights. They are a family-owned and run business. Often, you will see uh, Derek with his uh, family at miscellaneous Jeep and off-road shows in and around the Great Lakes area. And uh, that website is uh, www.rockrashoffroad.com. Of course, we'll have that in our show notes, but I bet you can type that in and go over there and start looking while you're listening to this interview. Rockrashoffroad.com. Derek, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me on. All right, Derek. So we got to find out about you. Now, uh, you've got to be a Jeep owner. Yes, I, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us about your Jeep. Uh, currently, right now, I've got a 2010 uh, Rubicon, three and a half inch JKS lift on it, running 35 inch uh, Mickey Thompson, the new uh, train, the new tire that's out, um, the Baja Boss, and then um, all kinds of locally owned Michigan body armor parts all over it. So. It gets around. It's got 250,000 miles on it. I'm on the original motor. Oh, my goodness. Manual. Yeah. Uh, so I have a spare motor for it, and I've always joked everybody I have the spare motor because if you have it, you won't need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the wife wants to know, how long are you going to keep that there? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, well, that's really cool. Uh, and uh, so that is a, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big JK person. So that would make that a 3.6 or a 3.8? The boat anchor three eight. Yeah, yeah, good idea. So, is the is the spare engine a three eight or a three six? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's, it's a three eight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it pretty much has to be because it's not going to fit with uh, with everything else on a three six. But it's it's a joke worth uh, worth making. Now, I'm a big four fan because uh, I'm a uh, my first Jeep was an XJ, and uh, my daughters and my wife all three have uh, TJs. So we we do the four love around here. But we recently got the Gladiator, and of course, it has the three six in it. So, the really difficult, most important question you're going to be answering tonight is, what color is that Jeep? It is uh, deep water blue. I'm sorry, Derek. That was the wrong answer. Everybody knows that the right answer is, of course, red. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we call that arrest me red around here, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've never had any problems. People are all worried about that, but I've never had any problems with red. Uh, I, the, the problem I seem to have is I get pulled over and I get uh, 20 questions about the Jeep. Uh, same here. <laughs> I usually get, hey, nice Jeep, but then they let you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us about the, uh, the, the, the lighting. The, how did you get into doing the, uh, the lights, off-road lights, and, and how do you deal with the, the 27th person you hear every day saying, uh, lockers before lights? <laughs> well, uh, let's, we'll start off with uh, why I got into it. Um, I bought this particular uh, JK. We had an XJ at the time, and then I uh, bought the JK, and then um, to replace the XJ. And from when I first bought it, it had uh, HIDs for the headlights, the bulb conversions, and then it had LEDs in the fogs. And I had problems with them when I first bought it, and after a while, they, they went bad. Um, so I started looking for replacements. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So 
uh, when I first started the company, I was doing uh, the HID uh, headlight conversions, uh, which are actually now illegal to do. Um, Interesting. I did not yes. know that. Yes, I can, I can. I've got the documentation showing showing that. So um, it's one of those things. If you find an officer who knows the code, they that they'll they'll write you up on it. And we've, we've had a few people here in the Michigan area have been caught on it. So, but it only takes that one officer. But anyways, um, so I started doing that um, and got involved in the local clubs around in the area. And um, people want to know what I had, and so I just started buying and selling. So. And it just kind of snowballed from there. It was just a little side hustle, which work, which is uh, worked into um, basically a part time job now. So uh, I had to have the website, and I had so many products where people are asking me, pro- you know, stats on products, and that's the reason my website started because I can keep track of all my uh, got what sixty plus products I think on the web page. Maybe not all of them around there, but uh, um, and it just you know just one of those things that snowballed into what it is right now. So, what is your best sell- seller? Uh, lights, I'm sure, but <laughs> um, it, it, it jumps. I've got uh, the halos are a big thing. Um, I've got some for the JKs, uh, the pearl tail lights. They've got the big backup light in them. The Apollo series of headlights, the the bright ones that I have for the the seven inch lights for the JKs. Um, of course, we got stuff for JLs, and you know, I got anything from CJ JK. Uh, or TJ, excuse me, JK, JLs, Gladiators, um, YJs, XJs. I've got all kinds of stuff, all the, all the, the other body styles. So Now, I have a theory. I see that you uh, are here on the, the website at rockrashoffroad.com. Uh, of course, I, I had to notice the XJ and YJ little uh, section there that, uh, that I haven't clicked on yet. But uh, I clicked on the, uh, the JL Gladiator 2018 Plus section. Now, I have a question for you. I have a theory about why the 9-inch uh, LED headlights are so damned expensive. Uh, can, can you tell me? And I'm not just talking about your prices. I mean, just everybody selling them. The prices are just sky high. I mean, Jeep wanted um, $1,000 for them. Uh, but uh, <laughs> aftermarket, to me, it shouldn't be $1,000. Well, the, it's, it's tooling um, and all the, the R&D and everything that goes into everything, just like anything new, they're more expensive um eventually they'll start coming they're actually some of them are coming down a little bit right now uh shipping costs right now unfortunately is going through the roof oh yeah i'm um, not really seeing uh the, the cost to consumer go down right yet because uh the cost on some of the, the lights are starting to come down but the the shipping has doubled or tripled in, in some instances so um it is, i think it's just a new thing with the, the nine inch light, there is light output. There's no real difference between a seven inch and a nine inch. Um, it's just looks. All right. Because uh, like on your 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 Gladiator JLs, some of that light actually hides behind the grill. So. Well, that's not good at all. That's not useful at <laughs> one bit. Well, if you measure it, some of it does hide behind the grill. That's where, <laughs> that's where you get the big difference between the seven and nine. Which it, it doesn't bother me. I saw quite a few of the seven inch lights with uh, the bracket kits. The lots of JL and Gladiator owners up here versus the uh, the, the more expensive ones. So yeah, that's what I've installed on mine. Is uh, just got some uh, nine inch to seven inch uh, brackets and uh, a set of the uh, the, the same uh, headlights that we've been using in the uh, the TJs uh, here. And my God, they were so happy when I put those lights in in the TJs because well, you remember how how great the lighting was in the XJ. So. <laughs> Hey, that might even started this, right? Because you couldn't see a damn thing. <laughs> yeah. See, the, the, the funny thing is everybody's like, well, you know, the X, the, the JK lights are, are really terrible. I, I, I've had the fortunate experience where I've never had the factory JK lights. I always had the HIDs, and the HIDs were actually really nice. But. Yeah. The uh, Well, yeah, I mean, you don't know what uh, bad lighting is until you can't drive too fast in XJ because you don't want to blame the uh, blame. You don't want to blow the flame out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did have a TJ, but it was a four-cylinder TJ, so it didn't go very fast. I didn't need that light off front. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, no, nah, just uh, just bounce off the cows. I got you. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and of course, this is LED lighting, and of course, we've been talking about headlights, but you also deal with tail lights and even uh, these uh, often maligned uh, spare tire halos, which I think is a great idea. Yep, uh, those uh, uh, I saw quite a few of those at the shows and stuff. I mean, people like them. Um, Obviously, you can't be driving on the road with them on, but they're 
Everybody likes them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice and flashy. And I, they've come out with a couple of different designs here the last couple of years. And I try and keep the, obviously, the newest ones out. So I've got some, uh, the double halo ones that uh, spin and do all kinds of crazy things. So Now, I've noticed that you have uh, not only uh, a few light bars, but also the, the round lights, which I really like because that's back whenever I first got into off-road and, and, and just noticing the off-road trucks and things. It was uh, the KC uh, headlights back in the, uh, uh, the late 70s, early 80s, and they, everything was round. So if you saw an off-road uh, Jeep or truck or whatever, they had the round light. So it's kind of a, a retro feel, but it almost feels more off-roady to me than the, the mm-hmm. bars. The, the, the off-road lights, those lights I have, um, size comparison, you ever, you ever seen the uh, fog lights that are on the, the stock ones around the TJs? Right. They're the same size, they bolt right up and wire right in. So I've had plenty of people like the TJs love those. Cause then they run off the, they don't pull the, the amperage, so they just plug oh, them right yeah. into the back. Yeah, okay. Obviously, you can't be driving them on the road because they're, they're not DOT, but. Well, you'd be so surprised. I remember, uh, you know, during the time of year where the I think the the time had just changed, uh, the time zone uh, time had changed, and I'd be going to work with uh, when it was dark out, and you'd see these uh, brodozers driving on the road with their fifty five inch LEDs in the middle of Houston traffic on the highway. So, <laughs> <laughs> just this. It's been a while since I've been in Houston, but yeah, I could I could see that. <laughs> Everybody saw that. <laughs> he couldn't help. That was, that, you know, I never minded using the, the lights to make a point to somebody, like get the hell out of the way or what the hell are you doing? Uh, and just, just light them up like a Christmas tree. But I didn't put have, have them on very long because I wanted the cop to go, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then you know, leave them off. Don't do it turning on again because now he's watching. <laughs> So uh, the you know the the big thing, especially with the uh, the JL and the Gladiator, are the the tail lights. I mean, again, it's all part of the thousand dollar LED uh, lighting package uh, on the the JL. So, but you actually have uh, some tail lights for the JLs and the JTs here that are nowhere close to that thousand dollar price tag. Correct, right? Yeah, um, the JTs I just got in. I've been waiting for them for. I've been bugging them for two years ever since the, the JT came out. They just finally came out with some. So um, the only thing they don't work with right now that I know of and I haven't messed with is this is the, uh, the ones with the lane departure. Right. Uh, the ones with the radar, they're in the taillights. I haven't gotten my hands on one to check to see if the radar can transfer or not. I don't know yet. So <clears throat> that's the only thing. That's the biggest question I get when uh, people go buy them is if the, the sensor fits in there. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that was uh, I think that was the explanation as to why they stuck way the hell out there, which seems so strange on a an off road vehicle to make something that, that sticks out like that. But I believe it was the lane departure um, um, technology that they had in there. There's the they wanted them out there kind of like bug eyes. So, yeah, um, but makes sense. Yeah. Now there seems to be a. Uh, and you've been doing this a while. There seems to be a, a desire for blacked out uh, headlights and taillights. Um, that's not so much the way I want to go. I mean, I think if it's blacked out, you don't get as much light out of it. Uh, do, you, do you? I would assume that. I think the blacked out taillights are all you have for the the JT Gladiator uh, right now. Do you see a lot of people wanting blacked out uh, lighting? Well, uh, yes and no. Um, obviously it's all on preference. Um, and then some States, I believe it's Virginia. I think it is, but hold me to that. Um, but you can't have the blacked out taillights down there. They don't allow it. You got to have the clear ones. So, um, the, the good thing about the lights that I have, um, the lens looks like it's blacked out. Uh, but it's actually the outside lens. Like you'd normally see everybody would black them out or whatever. These lenses, the picture doesn't really do, do justice on the website. The lens is actually clear. The inside lens that actually projects the red is that light is is blacked out. So you still have a white uh, backup light um, on these things when that when they're on. Ah, that's that handy. Light. Yeah, that's good. So you still have the white. You don't get the 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 dimmed tinted taillight uh, look like they used to. This this these ones here actually the lens is actually white. So which is nice. Oh, I just saw I just saw something that I really like seeing uh, jumping over to the uh, 
the XJ and uh, YJs on uh, rockrashoffroad.com. I see there that you have the uh, uh, Helios Series 85-watt Cree LED uh, headlights, a pair. Now, the thing I always look for is the word Cree because I love the Cree LEDs. And yep. uh, at, at 85 watts, are these things street legal? <laughs> yes, they are. Because um, <laughs> I think you make more sale if, sales if they're not. <laughs> they're, they, they are legal. Um, every, all my headlights and taillights are all legal. I get lots of questions for those. Oh, I bet. I've had shipments stopped in customs that, you know, I've had to provide paperwork and everything for them to show. Because we, it's declared for on-road use, and there, there's different rules for that. Uh, the off-road lights, they don't care. But the, the on-road stuff that's got to meet their their state. Well, that's interesting. I had no idea that they would uh, stop bright uh, or street lights from uh, from coming in the country. Yep, I had I had a set that uh, I had to call the manufacturer and get the paperwork from them because uh, whether the when they ship it, whether they you know provide the paperwork or not, I don't know. But this time I had to provide paperwork showing that they were meant for on-road use only. Man, I have a I have a set of uh, uh, square headlights that I got from eBay in my uh, my XJ, and my God, they were ungodly bright. I actually had to put a uh, a dimmer, uh, an LED dimmer, on them. But the cool thing is now I can <laughs> I can adjust my brightness on my headlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that you, that I, I another question I get. You know, I can just buy something off of eBay or or Amazon or whatever. Well, you don't know what you're getting. No, um, you don't. everything that I get um, <laughs> has been. You know, we we test it, uh, make sure that it's not junk and garbage. I'm, I don't want to carry anything that's that's junk and garbage because I don't want to deal with the warranty and everything like that. So, when we put on our lights, we put a lifetime warranty on them because people are worried about warranties. Whether is it going to be good in a year, or is it in, in two years, or whatever? So, uh, we back it up. So, obviously, as long as I have stock in, I mean, I'll, I'll send out stuff and, and take care of people. So. The big thing right now is keeping keeping lights in stock. That's uh oh, that's good. Industry wide problem. Oh, um, you're talking about getting them. I thought you were selling too many of them. <laughs> that was the reason why you didn't, <laughs> why you didn't have them. Some, but yeah, if I if I go do a show or something like that and we get wiped out, then you know I've got to wait a couple months to restock. It. But uh, but luckily, uh, uh, manufacturer that I use, they uh, they do us right and uh, take care of us too. Good. Well, I was going to say, you'd have to get a little, uh, uh, one of those flat bottom boats and go out there offshore and start checking out uh, containers with all the, uh, all the ships that are waiting offshore to deliver stuff. Well, yeah, the good thing is that we've, we've never ordered, uh, via sea, uh, sea freight. So oh, good. Just air freighted everything over. So my stuff doesn't sit over there. And I know a couple of competitors that have been bit with their stuff sitting, um, you know, cause we're, we're a small company. I can still do it that way. I don't need to, to, I don't need a semi-load of stuff yet, so. Oh, but that would be a, a horrible problem to have, wouldn't it? That yeah, have, yes, have to, be, have to Have to be shipping in tons of lights, that would be, that's cool, though. So One day, one day, we're, we're getting yeah, bigger. So yeah. One day. <laughs> so, uh, you, uh, let's see what I was going to ask you about. the. Now, I know some, some of the, the, the CAN bus systems can be a problem uh, for headlights, or at least that's my, my uh, understanding. And how do you handle some of these lights that uh, are not set up for, for a CAN system? The, the good thing about our lights is that uh, all the anti-flicker and uh, EMC is built in. Um, unlike what you buy from Amazon and eBay and stuff that you might see that they have to plug in an anti-flicker box or something like that to, right. to take care of that or remedy that. Um, we found that there's a big reliability issue with those external boxes. Um, Back in the day when those the lights first came out, that was their quick fix to keep the, the lights from flickering. So, but now the like I said, the manufacturer I deal with they they built it all internal, and we've never had a failure with that. So, oh, um, good. which is which is awesome. So, yeah, is it, it is. So I see that you uh, you carry uh, the uh, spiral whips, the ones that light up. Would you say that's primarily a side-by-side uh, purchase, or do you see people putting these on their Jeeps? We see we see quite a bit of people putting them on their Jeeps. Um, ours have got a quick disconnect. You can take them off. You don't have to worry about them uh, flopping around or something like that, so that, that you can take them off the vehicles and stuff. Um, currently, right now, I only have the five-foot ones. I can get three- and four-foot ones. I just, ha- just got to order them. Uh, and it's just more of a 
where am I going to store some of the stuff? I'm, I'm to the point where I'm overloaded almost sometimes, but, uh, um, yeah, you see a lot of them on the, the side by sides, uh, but a lot of the people with the Jeeps like them. When we go down, you know, here in Michigan, we go down to like Tennessee and stuff and do Great Smoky Mountain Jeep invasion down there. That's a different crowd that they, they pulled down there, and I saw a lot of the, a lot of that stuff down there. So, so often, not not so much here recently, but but quite often, I will come up with a million dollar idea that I like to share with our guests, and uh, I kind of alluded to this uh, at the at the beginning of the interview. I think it would be a, a great bonus for for your website and your business that if you purchased one locker and put it on your on your site and then make it make sure it comes up first so that you say buy this locker first then get you get you some lights maybe even buy this locker and get a free light so now you can do <laughs> lockers before lights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess I, I guess I, I I forgot to answer that question when you asked. The light issue, lights before lockers or, you know, lockers before lights. I mean, I, I always like to tease everybody. So, you, you know, if you had a light that was bright enough, you, would, you wouldn't need that locker to get out of the hole. <laughs> that's, that's my point. <laughs> You'd see what the <laughs> hell you're doing. <laughs> well, you know, and it's always fun uh, to, to pick on people about stuff. But, but truly, lights are a tool just like the locker, just like the Jeep, just like the, the loose nut behind the wheel. Uh, you have to have the right tool for the right job. So sometimes the right tool is a a, a light that you can see up a raccoon's ass at uh, 1.25 miles. You've seen that, uh, (laughs) that meme, haven't you? Yep. Yes. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And it's such an easy upgrade to a Jeep or any vehicle. Yeah. Uh, It's an LED upgrade. So. It's definitely noticeable, and you notice yeah. it a hundred percent. Whereas, you see, what is it like? You, uh, if you urinate in the pool, uh, you get that warm feeling, but those around you really don't. So it's kind of like that, where you turn those lights on, uh, you, you, everybody can see, not not just you. I mean, they may may not be able to see clearly for fifteen minutes, depending on where they were and with the light. And then, and that's just amazing to me that the light, the LED light technology, is just so damn bright now than when it came out a few days ago and the prices have come down so much so yeah. and, and and i've I've mentioned this before too i'm down here in hurricane tropical storm uh area and things fall over and you have to you don't actually have to be out driving in it but if you are it's always best to be able to see the debris that you're going to drive around or power lines that you don't have to drive over and lockers aren't going to get you through that now i love lockers but it's just the tool for a different kind of uh, job so there you go right my jeep's got lockers so i'm okay (laughs) yeah yeah well i'm working on it i I have one locker in the xj i have another one to install and uh, no lockers in the gladiator yet though so we'll see what happens there well you know uh the, the kids love the the the, the social media stuff and i think you guys are on social media where, where can uh, where can people find you on the social media well obviously on facebook uh rock rash off road uh you just do a basic search you should go find us there uh, instagram it's uh you got rock underscore rash underscore off road there uh you'll find us there too so those are the only two uh social media platforms that i have right now so Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, you want to see all the goodies? Go go to their website, Rock Rash uh, uh, Off Road. Blah, blah 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 blah. Rock Rash Four by Four dot com. I've already said it several times. Um, so Rock Rash Off Road Okay, I think maybe I'm looking at uh, the the Facebook page. It's Rock Rash Four by Four. Yeah, the, yeah, but I think if you just do a some basic search, I think it still comes up. So. Yep, yep. But yes, you are correct. Down there, yes. All right, let me uh, let me get this right. I. I didn't have the page pulled up that had the information, so I I, panicked, right. I forgot about it. So. I panicked and uh, didn't say it right. All right, here we go. I forgot about it. Rockrashoffroad.com, and uh, that's where you go, where you can see all the all the goodies that they sell and uh, where you can make your purchases. Oh, and speaking of making purchases, you got a little something for our our audience tonight, don't you, Derek? Yes, we do. Uh, I've got a twenty percent off uh, code for everybody. Uh, should be good through to the end of the month. Um, it is JTS 2021. JTS 2021. Uh, and you said that's a 20% discount? Correct. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's a hell of a discount. That's, that's great guys. So, and he said to the end of the month, 
Oh, that's great. 20% off is just wonderful. You know, sometimes uh, it's it's funny. I don't know if you guys in Michigan have this, but in Texas, uh, every year around uh, school uh, school time, people getting buying stuff to go back to school, they do a free tax day. And my wife, uh, back when our kids were in school, used to get excited about that. And I had to say, honey, you're talking about 8.25% savings. I mean, that that's what they're talking about, saving. So for 100 bucks you would be saving $8.75. Is it really worth going out there and perhaps getting uh, stabbed because you're picking up the last book cover? (laughs) 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 And she goes, she's kind of like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I said, you know, we're not saving a lot of money here. So when somebody says, uh, does you a 10% off or something like that, it's kind of like, you know, not having to pay taxes, at least in Texas. But it's 20% off. My God, that's a, that's a significant amount. I really want to thank yeah. you for that. You guys, yeah, no problem. That's you guys, what we were doing for, we did a short time for Black Friday, so I figured I'd, I'd offer it to everybody here too. So, And, and, and you said you do go to events, and I would assume uh, the, well, I'm not going to assume. What what events do you go go to? Because some, some people might be out there at those events wanting to buy some of these lights just directly from you. Uh, we do. Uh, here in Michigan, we have the Blessing of the Jeeps. That's up in Mesick, Michigan. Uh, that's usually the first weekend uh, in May. Um, I'm looking at doing going back down to Dayton here in February. They have an off-road show down there. Uh, that's more Jeeps than anything else. Uh, but it's kind of you know there's side by sides and other things there. But uh, um, well, you'll sell sell to the side by sides guys too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I got off-road lights and some bars and, and the whips, obviously. Yep. Uh, I've got. Right now, we, our biggest show is uh, Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion. That's in August. Uh, and usually about two weeks before that is, uh, we're, obviously, we're blessed because Jeep is in our backyard. They're in Toledo. We do uh, Toledo Jeep Fest, downtown Toledo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've been, we've uh, done Myrtle Beach Jeep Jam. I've been to uh, uh, one in Florida. Not the, I think it's um Beach or something like that. Right. Um, well, the bottom line is that you're all over. So all you yeah. have to do is just uh, look for the uh, uh, the Rock Rash Off Road Tent. Uh, are all of them blue? I see that it, it it's a blue one in a uh, little little pop up tent for uh, uh, on the uh, Facebook page. Correct. Yeah. Our, yeah. It's to match the blue Jeep. <laughs> oh yeah. Not red, but it's blue. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's like it's not a, a great color, but it's okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Rock Rash 4x4 on Facebook, and I think there's some dashes. If you just do a search uh, on uh, on Instagram for Rock Rash uh, 4x4, I think you'll find it. Uh, and, uh, of course, the the really play, the, the main thing you want to be able to find, and, of course, you can find the social media if you go there, is rockrashoffroad.com. Don't forget, JTS 2021 uh, discount. Uh, Derek, I can't thank you enough. I'm glad we finally got you on here. We missed you last time, but we got you on now. So uh, thank you very much for being with us. And uh, I, uh, I hope uh, 2022 is going to be a great year for you and uh, your, well, your family and, of course, your company. I, I certainly hope so. Um, we were obviously a little worried with the uh, pandemic and stuff here going on here the last year and a half or so. But uh, the Jeepers have all stepped up and sales have been up. So... Hopefully we can keep her going in the right direction here next year also. Well, thanks again to Derek Manchester for coming uh, for coming on the Jeep Talk Show from uh, Rock Rash Off-Road. Talk about all the cool stuff you can get for your Jeep over at rockrashoffroad.com. And Tony, I think these guys may have a bigger addiction to Jeep lighting than even you do. <laughs> well, it's hard to believe, but I think you're right. <laughs> Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Uh, maybe you work in the off-road industry, or you know somebody who does. Maybe you yourself would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. We always are saying that everybody has a Jeep uh, story to tell. We want to hear yours. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? It could be you. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Hey, Tony, Josh, and Wendy. On the last episode of Jeep Life with Jeep Mama, I shared my top 10 must-see small towns in America, but I only shared number 6 through 10. So now it's time to finish up the top 5. We're going to start with number 5, Bar Harbor, Maine. 
You know, after visiting Salem, Massachusetts, we took a cool ride up the coast to Maine. It was an amazingly beautiful drive to Bar Harbor. And on a perfect summer day, it would be great to take your Jeep up here for a leisurely topless Jeep ride. However, Bar Harbor is not a Jeep or off-roading town or even an area that I could find. But for me, it was so amazing to actually be in Maine. I never thought I would get up to Maine. There's a lot of cute little shops and great food. And a must-see right next door to Bar Harbor is Acadia National Park with some most amazing views. One of the cool things that happened to me while I was in Acadia National Park, um, my sister and my niece and I were there and just out of the blue, my sister's like, Tammy, Tammy. And I'm like, oh my God, my niece fell in the ocean. And no, there's my uncle who I hadn't seen since I was in high school. He lived in California. My aunt and uncle just happened to be in Acadia National Park at the same time we were in Acadia National Park in Maine. Who knew? Anyway, it's a cool little story that I love to share. Number four, Winslow, Arizona. It's a fun little stop along old Route 66 or Route 66 with a great shops and a place where you can take it easy. The town has made a special effort to make this town stop special. The town was made famous by the Eagles hit Take It Easy, a must stop at Standin' on the Corner Park from the lyrics of the Eagles hit. Winslow is about a three-hour drive from the Grand Canyon and about a one-and-a-half-hour drive from Sedona, Arizona, home to several Jeep off-road trails. One of them, the Jeep Badge of Honor Trail, Schnebly Hill. And it's a super easy trail. And then they also have Broken Arrow Trail, which I did. You can check out my YouTube channel. There's a link to the video in the show notes. They also have Ancient Ruins and Soldier Pass. Some cool Jeep trails there. Number three, Oatman, Arizona, on the other side of the state. Not a town, but a small village along old Route 66 in Mojave County. The drive up to Oatman is pretty intense, if you're afraid of heights like me. And more fun shops. Yeah, you know, I guess I do like shopping. But these aren't shops like your typical mall store. These are the small mom and pop shops, my favorite kind of shopping. The town has got that Wild West look and Wild Burrows that wander the streets. These burrows are descendants from the burrows brought to the area during the mining days in the early 1800s. Oatman was a tent city. It was a thriving mining gold center. Some of the most amazing off-road trails are around this little town in the mountains. The trails in and around the area are some of the toughest trails in the United States. It's the best kept secret of off-roading. In the Black Mountains and the Hualapai Mountains and the surrounding area of Kingman are tons and tons of trails. Plus, right across the Colorado River in California is Mojave Road. Miles and miles of great easy trails and amazing camping in the Mojave National Preserve. There are videos on my YouTube channel of my off-road adventures on Mojave Road and all the Kingman area trails I've driven. Number two. Moab, Utah, the mecca of off-road trails, over 80 just in the surrounding area, a must-stop for every off-roader. However, you don't need to be an off-roader to enjoy Moab. There's so much beauty to see there. Arches National Park, Canyonlands National Park, the Colorado River. They have three scenic byways. One of them is Utah 128, and it's absolutely breathtaking along the Colorado River. There's also Dead Horse State Park, and nearby ghost town, Cisco, Utah. And the number one must-see small town in America is Sawatch, Colorado. Located in the San Luis Valley and it's home of the original Jeep Rescue League in the heart of the Rocky Mountains. A must-see. There are several vintage and antique Jeeps on display, along with some cool military vehicles. The headquarters is also home to several military exhibits inside their museum. Nearby this small mountain town is Elephant Rocks and Natural Arch, just a short drive from Del Norte, Colorado. And Del Norte is settled along the Rio Grande River, which is a great place for some fishing. About an hour's drive is the Great Sand Dunes National Park and Zapata Falls. And there's a fun off-road trail in the Sand Dunes National Park up to Madano Pass, where you can see some amazing views. Nearby is Monte Vista, home to the Crane Festival, where you will find more 4x4 trails. Just a short drive from Monte Vista is the trail Bishop's Rock, as well as trails that will lead you to Elwood Pass. 
the Gaia GPS app is going to help find these trails for you because this is another little best kept secret in America. There's a Jeep adventure in all directions from San Luis Valley. You have Chinaman's Gulch Trail, which there's a video of me on this trail, and Carnage Canyon Trail, which actually is only for the serious rock crawlers. That's just over Poncha Springs Pass near Buena Vista, Colorado. Another mecca of fun overlanding. You also have Wheeler's Geological Area, which has some of the most fantastic geological formation views in the Rocky Mountains. A great place to go is the San Luis Valley, my number one pick for my most favorite small towns in America. There are links to some of these places on my blog at jeepmama.com and there's going to be a link in the show notes for that blog post. Next week on Jeep Life with Jeep Mama, my top five mods you should not buy for your Jeep Wrangler. You know, I'm kind of disappointed that uh, the Jeep Mama didn't uh, didn't mention my little hometown, but uh, but that that's okay. I'm sure she, sure she didn't mention yours either. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious about uh, what next week uh, the mods that you should not buy for your Jeep. That's going to be uh, going to be interesting. Probably the eyelashes are on on, on that list. I'm sure <laughs> the, for the Jeep, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Now, how does uh, Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. Hey, don't forget about our newsletter, Jeeper. We want you to sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find a link to click and sign up for that newsletter. You're going to get it just once a week. That's only one email a week that you're going to see from JTS. And don't worry, we're not going to spam you, sell your information, anything like that. And it's chock full of great information about what's coming up on the show. Inside information about interviews, giveaways, things like that. What's happened on the show. And of course, how to join in on the fun. You want to be a part of the recording of the very next Jeep Talk Show? Well, sign up for our newsletter and we'll see you on the next episode. That's it for this show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to engage the show by giving us a call sometime. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. What the French toast? Shut the front door, you lint liquor. Podcasting since 2010. Reminds me of that uh, gum commercial. I can't remember That's what it was. That's where I now. got it. From. Yeah. It was uh, uh, so Orbit? Yeah, I think you're right. It was so strange. Such a dirty mouth. Clean it up. Such a <laughs> such a soap opera type. Uh, oh yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, <that> was, <laughs> yeah, I got a kick out of those commercials.